Welcome to the Women Changing the World podcast, a podcast on a mission to bring you some of the most amazing women I know who are doing incredible things to generally make the world a better place. From corporate sustainability to straight up magic and everything in between, you'll meet the real life humans who are birthing the new. I'm your host, Liz Vest, and I'm here to amplify the stories and voices of women who are changing the world. Today, I am thrilled to sit down with Kyle Moss, who is a joyful mindset coach, a breathwork facilitator, an all-around energy healer, and as of recently, an author of a book all about reconnecting with your joy. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Kyle as much as I did. We talked about all sorts of things from crazy travel stories to reconnecting with your joy um, to what she's looking forward to most at this moment. I am seriously so excited uh, to be sitting down with Kyle Maz, one of my absolute favorite humans. She's seriously a human ray of sunshine. Um, Fun fact, we actually shared a pretty small office for, (laughs) um, gosh, like probably a year and a half. So I feel like I can say that with a lot of honesty and experience. Um, But Kyle, um, again, so excited to have you on the Women Changing the World podcast. Uh, Would you mind introducing yourself for anyone listening who might not already know you? Amazing. Yes, of course. I'm so excited to be here, Liz. I can't believe you said it was only a year and a half that we shared an office. It felt like it was like a good five years or something. We got so much done in that year and a half. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. And honestly, I feel like I have no sense of time anymore these days. So it could have been a year and a half or five years. Who knows? You're exactly right. But thank you for having me. I'm super pumped, like I said, to be here. My name, like you said, is Kyle Moss. Vocationally, because I know that's what we're going to talk about, I am a joyful mindset coach. I'm also a breathwork facilitator and overall kind of energy healer. Um, I don't know if I told you this yet, Liz, but now I'm first degree Reiki trained. So I'm just diving into the energy world even more. Oh my goodness, I did not know that, but I love it so much and I'm not surprised at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so basically I'm I'm on a mission, like you said, to take the energy that I have for life, the zest, um, and bottle and share that enthusiasm with other people um, through my coaching and through just my being. And my mission is really to teach and encourage other people anywhere, wherever they are, regardless of circumstance to elevate their thinking so that they can live more joyfully every single day. So that's what I do. And that's a little bit about who I am as well. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Well, that sounds like so much fun. (laughs) And I'm not surprised that that's what you are currently up to. Um, I would love if you could explain a little bit more um, what um, like all the different things on your plate at the moment are just to give people a sense of like what your day to day looks like right now. Oh, that's such a great question. I love it. Well, tomorrow I'm going on vacation. (laughs) No, I guess that's not what you're asking about. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I'll, I'll house it into like three categories, if you will. So as a joyful mindset coach, right, my passion, my mission, my vision, my purpose, right, like all those words is to really work one on one with curious women who are open minded But sometimes just, if you're being realistic, running on fumes. 
and not sure how to refuel yourself. So my my excitement every day is to get up and work one-on-one with women who are ready for something different. And we do that through an exploration of our thinking, right? First and foremost, what is our mindset? Because I believe that everything stems from there. So that's my biggest thing is being a coach one-on-one, supporting and encouraging other women and men all along the way. I've had some um, male clients too. I'm not biased here. <laughs> um, so that's the number one. My bread and butter is my joyful mindset coaching. The subset of that, Liz, I think I've told you this a little bit, but for those listening, naturally, I'm also offering some group experiences, which I adore as well. There is, and I know Liz, you know this, there's a separate power in groups convening and learning from each other and reflecting love and support and encouragement to each other and just being together, especially nowadays. So the second subset of my coaching is group programs. And that is an absolute blast because we get to have a lot of fun and encourage each other and like just share energy. So I don't know why I said that like a question mark at the end. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, (laughs) I couldn't agree more. I think there's just a special magic that comes from women gathering together, whether it's in person or virtually. There is something about that experience that is so elevated beyond the individual parts and people. Um, I think it's really special. Yeah, there's a lot of like vulnerability that breeds vulnerability when you're in a group right? Like there's beauty in one-on-one. Absolutely. Like I love one-on-one personally, like when I'm being coached because I want to ask all the questions. So if that's you, like that's the path to go. But then there's like this, like like you said, intangible power to being in a group and looking at each other and just going like, yeah, like I know this is overplayed and, and has been taken advantage of, but me too, right? Like saying like, yeah, I see you, me too. Like I'm there. And so anyways, those are the two things that I absolutely love to offer my clients are one-on-one and group coaching when it comes to cultivating a joyful mindset. So that's the first bucket, Liz. And then the second bucket is this breathwork facilitation. Um, by the way, I would love to facilitate you. We have not talked about that. <laughs> no, but sign me up. I would. I have no doubt that you are a powerful breathwork facilitator. But maybe for anyone who's not familiar, I mean, please like tell us everything about it, including like what breathwork, how you would describe breathwork for someone who has maybe never heard that phrase before. Absolutely. And I feel like it's been mystified in a way that is unnecessary. So it is literally guided and intentional breathing, right? There's nothing scary or difficult about the breath work that I facilitate. It's literally called two step because there's two steps, which is so simple, right? There's nothing inaccessible or complicated. It's just an intentional time where you set that actual intention. Like, how do you want to feel? How do you want to walk away? And my technique is called two-step revelation. So it's meant to reveal anything within you energetically that might be stale or stagnant, um, energetically that just might be stuck, like creativity blocks, right? Or even identify trauma that you might be holding onto in your body from past or from recent whatever it is, but just really working through the energy of your body using your breath. And the way we get to do it, and again, breath work is very um, vast, right? There's tons of different techniques, tons of ways to breathe, 
I'm specifically talking about what I guide and facilitate. Um, so I could go on and on about breathwork, but what I get to do with people, which I think is such a blast, is we curate specific playlists and we use music to guide us through the experience. So it's literally setting an intention of how you want to feel, using your breath as a guide, as a tool, almost like a workout, right? It, it can increase your muscle tone. It detoxes your body. But then using that to heal and reveal anything within you that may need to bubble to the surface and be explored a little further. Does that make sense, Liz? Yes. Oh my gosh. I I love that so much. And that's so cool. I definitely need to have one of your breathwork experiences because it sounds, yes. I, will, I will be very honest, when I teach yoga, it is 100% like a playlist-oriented practice. And so I'm very drawn to the idea of playlist-oriented breathwork. Yes. And it's fun, right? It makes it more fun because I think a lot of people, when they think of like meditation or breath work, it's like, oh man, how do I even start, right? This is so inaccessible to me because I can't calm my mind or my thoughts. And I'm like, well, let's use, let's use music, right? Like why not use music to help you, right? I choose lyrics or even instrumental music that helps you to calm or to just kind of focus. So yeah, so I love, just like you, using music to guide you and using the rhythm and the beat and the energy too. So it's really fun. Totally. Oh, that's so cool. Because I do think people too can like have an idea that it has to like be a certain way or be a certain like level of seriousness, but Mm -hmm. there's like so many ranges of like the human experience that can be brought into movement and breathing. So that's really cool. I could not agree more. I like, you know me well enough. And for those listening that don't know me um, and haven't taken this first few minutes to figure it out, I am not a very serious person. (laughs) (laughs) There is not much in my life that I can take and not like in a, an immature way. Right. I just feel like there's so much fun and there's so much like positive, optimistic energy to play into if you're looking for it. Right. So Absolutely. I think there's so much healing and meditation and energy work that can be fun. It doesn't disregard experiences that I've had personally where I'm like, whoa, I just cried for an hour through that breathwork session, right? That can happen too. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think there's seriousness about fun that you can also take into a lot of this energy work um, so that it's not as intimidating. Totally, totally. Well, I realized we got off on a breathwork tangent and you didn't tell us about your third bucket yet. (laughs) Okay, the third bucket. Thank you. So one is joyful mindset coaching, both one-on-one and in a group. Two is that breathwork, which I adore. And that's one-on-one, I should say. I facilitate a lot of couples, which is a really powerful experience. And then also in groups. Um, But the third bucket is I just wrote a book, Liz. Oh my gosh. I wish I like, I'm like inclined to make a very celebratory noise right now, but uh, it's not coming to me. So yes, you just wrote a book and I am so excited. Thank you. Well, I'm doing a lot of celebratory arm gestures that listeners cannot feel, but if you can, you can imagine. Yes, I'm making all the arm gestures in the best way possible. But I just wrote a book and it is called Awaken Your Joy. And the subtitle is Four Key Elements to Activating Your Daily Clarity, Confidence, and Contentment. And I am- Love it. Right? Like, I just got goosebumps just thinking about this because I am so excited, so pumped because it is something I've 
talked about for years, right? It's basically a lot of what's going on in my brain. It helps you understand a little bit more about what joyful mindset coaching is all about. And ultimately, you will be able to pick up this book, read it within about an hour or two, right? It's not a novel. And you'll be able to walk away feeling like you've got something, you've got equipment to support your journey through joy every single day. So I'm super pumped about that. That's kind of the third bucket is getting that out there and talking through some of those key elements um, of my coaching practice. I love that so much. That is so exciting. Um, An author has such a nice ring to it. Ah, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I know it's new. It's pretty new, like I said. So um, you're exactly right. Like saying it out loud, I'm like, (gasps) oh. And again, I'm making very funny gestures. Like, oh. So, thank oh my you. goodness. Yes, of course. Well, there's, I feel like I have so many things I want to ask um, related to that. Um, so maybe before I get into some questions about specifically, like what joy means to you and how to like tap into and reconnect with your joy, um, I would love for you to tell us um, how you got to where you are today. And I will also encourage you, I encourage all my guests, like, please take up space and like, tell us the like medium to long uh, version of the story. Um, I, I will definitely ask you questions, but um, I would just, I think people would really benefit from hearing like, how does one ultimately become <laughs> a like a joyful mindset coach, a breathwork facilitator, and a published author. You that okay, medium to long. I love it. Buckle up, everyone. <laughs> Here we go. Right in first grade. <laughs> no, just kidding. I make that joke as a reference to Goonies all the time. Um, so that's a great question. Like, where does one begin in unraveling in the best of ways the path that I've taken? Um, okay, Liz. So let's start with my first career, which was, ladies and gentlemen, I studied in college printing. I'm going to go ahead and say that again, because not many people understand. (laughs) (laughs) So I mean, literally running printing presses, um, basically like Michael Scott from the office. I thought my career may have been in paper sales. It was a very, very high up on the list of jobs when I graduated college. Um, so I thought I would be in publishing my whole career. Went into publishing, did not love it. Liked it, but was just like, whoa, this is not the creative outlet that I know my energy was meant for in this world. And so I was open, right? A lot of people get into their careers at the beginning and they just are like, well, I'm on this path. Like I just kind of follow it. I went to three different colleges because I couldn't even decide where I wanted to be or what I wanted to study. So my life has taken that path of like every experiment possible ever since I was. <laughs> um, so in my publishing career, though, I started in the Bay Area. And when I was printing some things for the University of San Francisco, I noticed that they were printing a lot of things that talked about the modern day slave trade. And I was, I, I don't know if I've told you this story before, Liz. Does this sound familiar? Oh, oh I, I think I know where this is going and I'm very okay. excited for other people to hear. <laughs> okay. So I, here I am printing and like trying to use, I actually, I told my kids the other day, I had a full-time like 
corporate job and was just so energized in life that I got another side job just for fun because I had so much energy. And I went and worked at a mall and sold Nike clothes. And my, my kids were like way more interested in me working at a retail store than anything else I've ever done, <laughs> which is so funny to me. But that is a side note. Um, so here I am printing things, um, talking about this modern day slave trade. And mind you, this is in 2007, 2008. So it wasn't really in the vernacular of the culture necessarily, like mainstream culture. We weren't talking about slavery. I don't know. Maybe maybe you were more aware of this than I was, but that just wasn't a time where it was talked about as much in my circles. Totally. I mean, I, I was studying global studies at that point in time, and I feel like it was something that we were aware of, but it was definitely not something I don't think that like companies were really thinking about. I do not think it's something the average consumer was thinking about. It was definitely not nearly as well known as it is today. Yes, it was definitely on the outskirts of our conversations. Like it was just like, oh yeah. But when I started seeing these things from a local university, it became a lot more real and something I couldn't ignore. And so as I kind of asked questions and poked around with this client, I went to an event that was being hosted and literally this led me on a path to quit my job in 2008 put everything in a U-Haul, my parents just kind of going, what is happening? What is our daughter, our firstborn, who's always made good choices? Like, what is she doing? Right? This is 2008 when people were like losing their jobs. And it just wasn't a, uh, it just was a very interesting decision, I will say. But what I decided to do was not ignore the messages that I felt were put in front of me for a reason. And learning about the modern day slave trade and the slave, like human trafficking in the US and globally just had such an impact on me that I had to respond with more than just money or volunteering. So what I what I did was like I said, quit my job and moved into a van and travel around the country um, as an activist for a period of time representing a nonprofit who were they were actually raising funds. So my job was to raise funds for a slave trade and an ongoing civil war in northern Uganda. So it was a little different than the U.S. like modern day slave trade. It was, you know, it was more international. And really the focus and the draw for me, and this is going to come full circle in terms of why I'm now a joyful mindset coach, the focus and the draw for me to live in a van and be an activist at this time was my whole, my whole goal Uh, was to work with the youth of America, to work with young, um, ambitious, curious, open-minded people, and to say, hey, this is going on. I can tell you about a story about Northern Uganda. I can tell you about this, and I can connect you to this, and you can work on behalf of our organization, and you can do these things too and get behind us. And, right, it's not even an or, and you have the opportunity now to open your mind, open your eyes, and open your creative thinking to any other problems or, and solutions that you see around you, right? Any other cause, right? You just have the opportunity now to remind yourself that you are a big soul and you can pursue anything in this life. And so my whole uh, role, right, was to infuse that energy into people that I didn't know all over the country, whether they be middle school students, high school students, college students, churches, an audience at coffee shops, My goal was to not only, and this is the funny part, not only like convince them to either get alongside with us or to just do something, like find a passion and pour themselves into it. But I also lived in a van, as noted, 
So my I had to like find places to sleep at night. So it was like trying to get these people to like open their homes to me and my group of like three other young people and say like, hey, do you also want to give us room and board for a day or two? <laughs> oh my gosh. So that was like couch surfing pre-couch surfing. Oh yeah, we definitely birthed couch surfing. Um, we birthed like this whole new like nomadic lifestyle that was, you know, very we were at the very bottom level of that. Let's say that. <laughs> Amazing. So, so you go, you're living in a van. Um, <laughs> you're fundraising for this organization. Um, where do you go from there? So from there, some amazing experiences, as you can imagine, as one you know has traveling the country and just being open-minded in this way and sharing and meeting people. Ultimately, though, I needed money. So I needed to pivot and get a job. Um, it was fantastic. I never regretted a moment of anything that I did. It was difficult. It was sometimes humiliating, um, if I'm being honest, because not everyone received our message well. Not everyone understood what we were doing, including my friends and family. Um, but I'm really, really proud of that time. Um, what it led me to was where you and I work together. So I came home, I kind of regrouped and I was like, hey, mom and dad, <laughs> I need a little help here. I'm a little broke. So I, I scrambled around San Diego, applied, thinking I was now on the path of nonprofit. So applied and got all these offers for nonprofits. And this other opportunity opened at a corporation um, in San Diego to use corporate funds for a larger good. And I was like, wait a minute, what a perfect pairing of the things that I'm really interested in, right? Like using resources, but looking at ways to use them for the community and for a greater good rather than just the bottom line. So I was sold almost immediately. I took, instead of getting a full-time job, um, well, I'm sorry, instead of getting like a full-time typical job that I was offered at these nonprofits, I chose an internship at this corporation thinking and hoping and knowing at the back of my mind that it was going to lead to something bigger, which it ultimately was because I met you, number one, Liz. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it was a career that shaped the trajectory of the last almost decade of my life. Um, and that was, again, traveling globally this time and a, really understanding that my passion, my energy was working one-on-one -on -one with entrepreneurs around the world to figure out how to use corporate resources for their passions, their interests, their communities, and to literally see how we can affect change. So that career, lo and behold, I, in the middle of it, started a family. It gave me such an incredible foundation that I never would have imagined having studied pr studying printing <laughs> so long ago. <laughs> right? This old white man's job where I thought I was going to be Michael Scott the rest of my life. I definitely pivoted, flip turned and, you know, landed in this job that showed me, right? Regardless of what I was getting paid to do, it really amplified what I enjoy doing the most. And that is working with other people to remind them of how beautiful they are and how when they are fulfilled in who they are, when they're proud to be who they are, right? that that is when they give the best of themselves to the world, right? And sometimes it just takes a little encouragement, a little one-on-one. -on -one. And so ultimately I stepped away from that career and created what I am now, which is a joyful mindset coach, 
reminding people again that they've got a beauty within and that when they are brave enough, bold enough to go inside and authentically become who they are meant to be and just live into that, then that's when we all come alive. That's when we all benefit. And that's how we actually affect change in this life. So that is for short or long, kind of <laughs> how I arrived um, at the place I am. And I've got, you know, like, as always, and as anyone would, nuances along the way, very divine orchestration and timing um, for how things played out the way that they have. But that's kind of a larger story of how I got here. Wow, I love that so much. And also, I feel like this is such a cool full circle moment um, for you to have just published a book with your printing degree. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you, Liz. Well, here's the really funny part, Liz, is, you know, most things today are digital. So there's <laughs> a lot of, like, I insisted, I was like, oh, no, we are creating a printed copy. Like, this thing is going to be printed. I need to get my hands on it. Um, but yeah, I laugh so hard that things are so digital these days. Totally. But you're back full circle, full circle there. Totally. Oh, well, that is so cool. Um, and I love that so much. I, I was like, I, I feel like the world needs to know the story of how you lived in a van for a while. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole story in and of itself. But and you know, with international travel too, you and I probably have collected some of the world's weirdest stories. Um, I'm convinced of that. Oh my gosh, definitely. Well, actually, on that note, um, before we start talking a little more about joy, like what if like, and I can think of a few of your amazing travel stories, but <laughs> but like what story comes to mind is like one of the like funnest, funniest, wildest moments that you've had oh, um, doing gosh. international travel for work? Picking one, right? Oh, so it's like, I have to choose. There's like a top three in my mind, right? There's one where as I'm heading to the airport in Kenya, the airport was bombed, which sounds like, oh my gosh, what, don't make light of that. Everyone was okay in the long run. It was it was like a disgruntled employee. Um, but like getting stuck in Kenya when you're on a corporate team is just, and then, you know, there's like lots that unfolded from there. Um, I got lost in Nigeria one time. Oh gosh. <laughs> that was, uh, you know, just, an, an epic adventure. We will chalk that one up to. But one of the most memorable, funny ones is my first trip with our team. And so this precedes you, I think, Liz, or maybe you were around. I'm not sure. Either way, I went to Indonesia and it was my first time to Southeast Asia. And it was like, hey, you're going to Indonesia. You're going to fly into Jakarta. Great. From San Diego, not too bad. It's long but you get to Jakarta. Oh, and then you're going to hop over to another island. Okay, another island hopping flight. Oh, and then you're going to drive about seven hours and there will be no hotels or running water and really very little electricity. Oh, also, hardly anyone speaks English. <laughs> and I was like, oh, are there any more details that I need to know before heading into this trip? Um, so that was probably one of the funniest ones is what happened there is... I was hosted like there the, when I got there, people were just fantastic, like wonderfully hospitable. And although there was a language barrier, I do not for everyone listening. No, I do not speak Bahasa Indonesian. <laughs> um, I got there and stayed in a home. And the funniest thing that happened was they insisted through their like broken English. They insisted when I arrived that I take a shower 
And so I'm sitting here going, oh, do I smell? Like, am I gross? <laughs> you know? So I'm like, okay, well, where do I shower? There's clearly no bathrooms that I'm used to. So they shuffle me outside. You kind of duck underneath these low ceilings. They give me a pair of sandals that they want me to wear because there's, there's, it's just a dirt floor around everywhere I walk. And they shove me into this little outhouse container. It has no ceiling. So there's like chickens looking in at me. And they show me this bucket that I'm meant to like kind of ladle onto my skin. And mind you, I also don't have a towel. So I'm like, how am I going to get wet, dry off? And then somehow like, how is this going to work? Right. So I'm like, okay, well, I'll just kind of wait it out in the outhouse for a while and just kind of pretend like I showered. (laughs) (laughs) But ultimately I dig into the water bucket and I don't know if you know this ending, Liz, but I look down and there is a creature staring back at me. That should never be in the water that bathes someone. <laughs> Come to find out it is a catfish. <gasps> yes. I've never heard this story. Oh, gosh, it was this catfish. Like, and if you've seen a catfish up close, they are like terrible. They're not cute. They are not they are cute. Not cute. <laughs> You, this is alarming if it is in the water that you are now pouring over your body in hopes to cleanse it. So it was just a really funny experience. And come to find out, I think they're bottom feeders, as in they clean some of the water, I guess is the idea. Um, but yeah, I had to bathe in catfish water. Um, and by bathing, <laughs> again, I meant just kind of pouring it over my arms and legs in hopes that it would dry immediately because there was also no towel. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and there were other things, but yeah, there were just traveling. You have to be patient and flexible, and you have to be able to like laugh at yourself because <laughs> everything happens when you're on travel, especially internationally. So totally, totally. And most of the crises, I feel like, especially like you know, in many places, like if something does go wrong, people on your side of the world are asleep, and you just have to figure it out. <laughs> so. Yeah exactly right you're like well I'm 16 hours ahead no one is going to be able to help me or translate anything so I'm just gonna smile and nod and bathe in this catfish water (laughs) (laughs) totally totally oh my gosh well thank you for sharing that what a wild moment (laughs) of course (laughs) um so from there I would love to hear so we've talked a lot about joyful mindset coaching and like it's I think I imagine it's clear to anyone listening, like you are just such a purveyor of joy, but like, how would you actually define joy? I feel like it's such a, like, like, even as I was like thinking about our conversation, I was like, how would I define joy? It's like a hard word to nail down. It is. You're exactly right. So here's my best attempt. And here's one of the things that I talk about all the time. Two things I'll say that I talk about all the time. Number one Happiness and joy are different. They they are distinct in my mind. So I'll talk a little bit about that. Two, joy is yours, right? There's not one definition in my experience that fits me, that fits you, that fits everyone, right? So that's one of the first questions I ask people, just like you said, like, what does joy taste like to you, Liz? Right? What does it feel like? What does it sound like? How does your body interpret and encounter joy? Because that is unique and individual, right? It's not for me to define. But having said that, let me unpack it a little bit in the way that I I do to help shed some light and maybe help anyone listening um, further explore or navigate their own joy. So 
Number one, like I said, happiness and joy, the way that I distinguish between the two of them helps me illuminate what joy is. Happiness, right? Like I was talking about this with uh, a group of women last week and they said happiness, what, what is it? happiness? Or you can't buy happiness, I think is the myth, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, eh, I think you can. I think <laughs> yeah, can. I would also disagree <laughs> with that statement. <laughs> Right? I think you can. I think you can buy a new pair of shoes and you can be happy. Like that's great, right? I think you can buy a delicious meal and you can be happy. I think you can buy experiences that make you happy. I think you can buy happiness. But happiness is more fleeting, right? It's usually um, externally motivated. So it's like I bought the pair of shoes and I was happy, right? I I saw something. I ate something. Whatever. Like it's externally motivated and it, it's fleeting, right? It's short lived. But to, to strive after happiness would be exhausting because it just doesn't make sense to be happy all the time. On, in contrast, the way that I look at joy is that joy is foundational, right? Joy is the essence of who I am at my most authentic level. Joy, I like to say, is the essence of my being, right? It lives and it coexists in the best of way and and harmonious ways with every other emotion. So even when I'm full of grief or sadness, joy is there as, again, the foundational floor of my being. It's just recognizing it and being willing to live into it. So it's internally motivated versus happiness, which is externally motivated. Does that make sense, Liz? Mm, yeah, it totally does. And I, I really appreciate that distinction. I guess I'm curious too, if you'd be willing to share, like, what does joy look like, taste like, feel like, smell like to you? Yes, great question, which I love asking people. And I love asking myself sometimes on a daily basis because it can shift. Um, but joy, the way that I define my own joy, and this is like, My childhood growing up just has really treated me well through the years, if you will. But I define joy as Jesus, others, yourself. J-O-Y, Jesus, others, yourself. So it works in my case because I love and believe in Jesus. If if that's not your cup of tea, right, you can kind of swap that out and, and understand where I'm coming from, right? It's like that source, that universal power, that higher energy, right? And then others and yourself. Um, I like to start with yourself, though, because like I said, it's an authentic expression of who I am. And then when you fill yourself up, Liz, that's when you can love and serve others to the best of your um, ability. And when you then ultimately commune with the divine and with your higher source or energy, right? In my case, Jesus. So I like to work from the bottom up, yourself, others, and then Jesus. So J-O-Y, that's how I remember it. That's how I come back to who I am. But right now, joy looks like my children jumping in the air on the trampoline, just laughing and playing. Mm. Like that brings me joy. The sound of my husband speaking with my children is joy to my ears. It is the best sound. Like hearing him cultivate a relationship with them, like that's what joy sounds like to me. Right now it smells like this candle that I just bought. It is like a volcanic looking candle with this delicious beachy, salty smell. And I have been, I treated myself to it and I've been so excited. It's like heavy and it's sturdy and industrial and it looks great on my countertop. So Joy right now smells like that candle. 
I would say Joy almost always tastes like Nutella. (laughs) (laughs) With Nutella. That is what just brings me alive inside. I literally get goosebumps thinking about Nutella because I won't buy it for myself anymore. (laughs) Because I don't know if I ever told you this, Liz, but when I was pregnant with my first, my daughter, I would get up and I would sleep, eat, like dream, eat Nutella. And I wouldn't even know until the morning. And there would just be spoons in the the sink. Oh my gosh. I knew that you were on a Nutella kick, but I don't think I knew about the sleep eating. Oh, the sleep eating. It was not good. But, you know, those are the things that I'm talking about, though. Like, those are things that are just internally light me up. Right. And I'm, I'm being a little lighthearted. Right. But it's really fun just to explore that. Like what in this moment, Liz, to you, what in this moment, if I said, I want to know, I have to know what does Liz's joy like smell like? What does it smell like to you right now? Mm, I think it's probably an ocean breeze or clean laundry. Yeah. Oh, such good ones. Right. So things that just go internally and give you that bubbly feeling and help you remember the essence of who you are, right? It's like just a little, a little serotonin drip that goes, oh, remember, I am in control of my thoughts. This is who you are, right? Something that brings you back to that remembering and that knowing and connecting with the essence of who you are. So that's what I mean when I talk about joy. Oh, so beautiful. And I love how individual that is. Um, So I'm curious, like if someone were looking, if someone's feeling like disconnected from their joy, Mm. what would be some of your top most actionable tips for how to get back in touch with it? Uh, So many tips, so many tips now. (laughs) Um, Some of the simple things, right? Like I honestly, if you're feeling out of touch with your joy, just ask yourself, are you taking care of yourself at the most basic levels? Like, have you drank enough water today? Did you get sunshine and some sort of movement or exercise? Have you eaten healthily? And have you connected with your higher power? Like, those are the very basic things that you want to stop and think about. So ask yourself, am I very, very at the basic level? Am I taking care of myself? Because I can promise you that sometimes you do need a Snickers, just like the commercials say right? Sometimes you just need a Snickers to shift your mood and remind yourself of all the beauty around you, right? So that's the first line of defense, kind of like in any kind of trauma care, right? Like you can't be like, oh, you're in trauma crisis mode. Like, let me just pray for you, right? Like, absolutely. I want you to pray for me, but right now I need, I'm bleeding out. So I need some medical attention. Like my body needs, right? My basic level of care is is in jeopardy. So same thing with joy. If you're feeling disconnected, I would say that being the foundation of who you are, you just need some basics, right? Like drink a bunch of water, get some movement. Like I do a lot of like yoga brain shakes. And I'm sure you know this, Liz, like where you kind of like throw your head down almost between your knees and just kind of throw your arms back just to disrupt the energy in your body and move anything, right? Just just going on a walk, is going to help you reconnect because that repetitive and methodical left, right, left, right is going to allow your brain space, your mindset to open up and to, again, recognize the joy and the beauty all around you. So number one, go back to basic self-care and ask yourself if you've got those things habitually in your day. Does that make sense, Liz? Yeah, definitely. I think 
it's like a kind of like put your oxygen mask on first. I think, you know, so many challenges in life can be solved, I think, with a good night's sleep, a good meal, um, or a workout. Um, not everything, for sure, but many things. Not everything. You're absolutely right. But I think that's a good first line of defense if you're feeling absolutely disconnected is to reevaluate the things that you're doing to care for yourself. Um, because again, J-O-Y, my why starts with yourself. You cannot be your fullest authentic self if you are not taking care of yourself. Um, and as women, I know we talk about this a lot. It's like buzzword, right? Self-care is such a big deal. But I honestly cannot stress it enough. If you are running on fumes, if you're not sleeping, if you're a yes person saying yes to everyone, you're yesing your life away, you're filling your schedule to the point where you just can't even carve out 10 to 15 minutes for you, you've got to stop and go back to that basic drawing board. So that's number one. Number two is then what we just did is, okay, sit down for 15 minutes and write out your thoughts on joy. Because if you cannot define joy, it's really difficult to experience it, right? So I'll say that again, you cannot experience to the fullest what you have not defined. I think a lot of us are sitting around waiting for like these joy bombs to drop out of the sky and they, it just like does not happen. That's not a thing, right? Joy being a choice. Like when people go like, I don't know, how do I choose joy? You start by evaluating what it is, defining or even redefining what it is and what it means and what it looks like to you. That's the second line of defense, right? So first of all, make sure you're taking care of yourself at the most basic of levels. Two, start to define what joy is. Right? You cannot experience it if you're just kind of living by someone else's standards or you're using an external um, definition of what joy is or someone else's life as the, the marker for what joy is. You're going to have a really difficult time authentically experiencing it if that's what your, your um, compass is. So sit down, number two, and define what it is. And number three, I would say get support in then making it happen. So if you're like, I know what joy is, I just am not sure how to make it happen because I don't like my job or I don't like this relationship or my negative self-talk is so loud that I don't know how to turn down the volume. Whatever it is for you, go, okay, this is what joy looks like to me. Either you've got two options from there. I know how to implement and to go and to like get after this and encounter joy, like incorporate it into my daily, or I'm not exactly sure and I need some support. So get some help, whether that be a coach like me or Liz, or a friend, a spouse, a partner, a family member, a therapist, whatever it is, define the joy that you want to see in your life and then go and do it. And if you need the support, then get the support. So those are kind of the three tips that I would focus on um, for those listening. If you are feeling disconnected from your joy is one, take care of yourself at the most basic of levels. Two, take time to define what joy looks like to you. And three, freaking get after it. And that sub point is if you need help and support and encouragement, it's amazing and fun to do it that way. So get the help that you need. So that's probably what I would talk about at the highest level when it comes to getting your joy. <laughs> um, I was just gonna say, I love that so much. And I, and I think that point around support is so important, especially for women. I mean, I know both of us, primarily work with women. And so, um, you know, I think that a lot of us, like for whatever reason, have this idea that there's like a badge of honor that you get by doing everything by yourself. But the opposite 
is like it like couldn't be more true right I feel like um truly like growing and evolving like it's all one it's all way more fun with other people like almost everything um and also uh getting help and getting support can just like make the whole process I think a lot easier and there's like again like no gold medal for like making it the hardest possible thing to get your joy or anything else I could not agree more Liz you're exactly right we feel like right like the same thing when you're a mom and you like have these unmedicated births, you're like, I'm waiting for, there's no medal after this. There's no medal after doing these things. There's a prize. Like why suffer through when there are solutions and there are people that can help give you some ideas. It doesn't mean you have to do it the same as anyone says you do it or it's the same way, but it's really fun. Like you said, to do it together and to ideate together what it might look like, because you might not even be thinking of certain things that other people's are, people are and vice versa. Um, I say it all the time, and again, regardless, whatever your higher power, your source, right, I call him God, um, I believe that there are no real direct audible answers, for the most part. There's not like, hey, Kyle, go do this, or this is the solution, or this is the answer. I believe God instead gives us each other, right? That is where we find those answers. That's where we get the reflection in that shared human experience to make the changes, make the shifts, or just create the life that we want to create. So I couldn't agree more that doing it together is just so much more fun. Totally, totally. Um, well, one question I've been, I'm really curious what your perspective on this will be. Um, you know, I, I can say one of the pieces of advice I wish I had given my younger self is this, that like there is no award for making it, like for picking the hardest thing. Um so like, keep that in mind as you're making life choices, but what piece of advice would you give to your younger self? And you can pick any age, um, that you see fit. Always such a good question because I, you know, you start bouncing around to your younger selves and all these other lovely versions of yourself that have come before. And I'm like, Oh, what would I tell her? Oh, Oh, what about that one? Um, <laughs> so mine is usually wrapped up in like, I feel like there was a rush because maybe I had caught the idea from my parents at a young age. My parents have been together since they were like 14. So God bless them. Like it's a beautiful relationship. It does not happen for everyone. It doesn't happen for most people. Um, But when you grow up with that, you just kind of like, oh yeah, like you just get married to someone you met in high school or at the very latest college, right? Like this was the storyline I had in my head without really knowing that. And so I'd probably tell my younger self to like, chill the heck out. You are going to find your husband when you're however old I was. So just like respect your body and your choices and relationships. Just enjoy, enjoy it for now and like live into who you are so that when you do find your husband, you feel like the most proud of what you're bringing into that relationship. So that's probably something like I'd tell my my teenage and college yourself. Oh, I love that. Dating advice uh, for your younger self is such a fun one. I think my number one piece of advice to my like high school dating self is like, if a boy tells you he's not good enough for you, listen to him. <laughs> <laughs> yes, everyone. It doesn't matter how old you are. That is so true. <laughs> 
Totally, totally. Um, well, one of my favorite uh, podcast questions, I used to listen to the Tim Ferriss show a lot more than I do now, but he would ask all his guests if they had a billboard, like what they would put on a billboard. Um, and most of the women, not I mean, maybe not most, many of the women in my life um, are also suckers for an inspirational message, message on a post-it note. I am currently surrounded by many. <laughs> And so, um, and I happen to know that you are similar in that way. So I'm curious if, if one day in the future, I were to like make a pad of inspirational post-it notes with messages from all of my podcast guests, what would you want your inspirational message to be? Oh, Liz, how do you pick just one? There's so <laughs> many to choose from. So I I refuse to pick one because I have two that I just cannot get by. I can't get by without saying both of them. So there are two right now that are my absolute favorites. Number one, and it's hard not to sing this because it's a song lyric, um, but it is look out because here I come and I'm marching on to the beat that I drum. I'm not scared to be seen. I make no apologies. This is me. So that is from uh, The Greatest Showman. Do you know that movie, Liz? Uh, I haven't seen the movie, but I know the song and it was like playing in my head as you were sharing. You haven't seen the movie, Liz? I haven't seen the movie. (laughs) Hang out immediately. That is your homework assignment. You need to go watch the movie. Yeah, so that's from The Greatest Showman. And it's a song that I use in breath work a lot because it's really powerful. Um, And my kids and I, they know it as well. But it's just a really, really good reminder to go like, there's no apologies necessary for who you are right? Be your beautiful, authentic self, because that will not be wrong. It will not be wrong. It will not be harmful to anyone else. um, If you're truly living into the joyful essence of your own being. Um, And the second one, though, I I would be remiss if I didn't also tell you this one. Um, So this is scripture from the book of Psalms in the Old Testament of the Bible. So obviously a historical text that's been around for about 2000 years. Um, so in the book of Psalms and there's a version, like we call them translations, if you're not familiar, but because it was originally written in Hebrew and Aramaic, um, the English version, there's tons of translations. And so there's one called the message, which is in kind of modern day speak. And I love that, that, uh, powerful translation of the Bible. And there's a verse that says, it's very simple, light, space, zest. That's God. Mm. I just love it. I get goosebumps almost every time. And I'm like, if you don't know anything else about the Bible or about God, like I just, I love that representation of who he is because it reminds me of how I interact with God as the rhythm of this universe. The energy that pulses through the universe is right. Light, space, zest. That's God. So that's my second one. Oh, beautiful. Oh my gosh. Well, I, multiple post-it note suggestions are welcome. And those are definitely two awesome ones. Are there any like other Kyle originals that you want to throw in there? Kyle originals. Oh goodness. Uh, You're really putting me on the spot here, Liz. What do I say? I don't know. (laughs) No pressure. If you think of one later, you can totally tell me. I just didn't know if you had any like notes to self that you've been looking at for a while. (laughs) That's okay. It's well, the only thing that I do remind my, not the only thing, but one of the things that I have, when I started my entrepreneurial journey, I literally reminded myself that this is a journey through joy, right? It's not a journey to joy. It's not a journey of joy. It's a journey through joy. 
And so just saying that out loud, I think that was what I called my first um, webinars or um, events, like when I was first setting up my coaching practice was journey through joy, because I just love that reminder, like I'm journeying through it. Right? I'm just, I'm in it. I'm amidst it. I'm, it's with me. So I don't know if that's as powerful as it is to me, to others, but I just love that reminder. Absolutely. I think especially for entrepreneurs, I think that it can be so easy to get caught up in this idea that like, I'm going to celebrate when I get there. And it's like, no, we need to celebrate like all along the way because there's so many parts of this that are so hard and not celebrating the parts that feel good is like not going to make the hard parts any less hard, if that makes sense. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. Uh, So I totally love that. That definitely resonates. Um, Well, I know we're like coming up on time. And so, you know, I think the last thing I would love to hear is what are you most looking forward to right now? Oh, I love that question. I I often ask other people this. So right now, I mean, I know this will be airing different timing, but we're going on vacation. So I'm looking forward to that. I love that idea of just being with my family and being in a new place um, and being, you know, just out in that world that we have around us. So that's, I'm looking forward to that. But I'm also looking forward to more and more people getting their hands on my book because I just, it puts the biggest smile on my face thinking about other people reading what I produced and put out into this world. And not just that, but reading through it and going, ah, like I'm doing movements again that you can't see if you're listening, but just coming alive themselves to the ideas that, Everything starts with a thought and that joy is there as the essence of their being. It's just waiting to be uncovered. Um, So I'm super pumped for more and more people to get their hands on the Awaken Your Joy book that I have released into the world. Oh, I love that so much. Um, and in that vein, too, um, we'll definitely include all this in the show notes. But how can people find you, follow you, stay in touch with you if they want more info? Always a good question. So I'll give you the basics. I know, like you said, you'll put them in the show notes, but I'll give you the the book download page where you can get a free digital copy of the book, which I'm super pumped again to just get out in the world. So that's going to be the first link. Get the Awaken Your Joy book download page. If you want to play on Instagram, I'm at Kyle Renee, K-Y-L-E-R-E-N-E-E. And I just discovered Reels, so watch out. (laughs) (laughs) All the cheesiness coming at you. Um, And then on Facebook, if that's more your jam, then I have a group called Just a Little More Joy. So that is a great place to find me and hear about things first, because we, just, we all need just like a little more joy. Too much is overwhelming, but just a little more. So if you're looking for just a little more joy, you can find that on Facebook. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Kyle. I so appreciate you being so generous with your time and with your joy. I feel like I just had a big glass of joy, honestly. Um, and, and telling us your catfish shower story. Um, that is one for the book. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and I'll be sure to include all those links for people who want to track you down. Awesome. And the last thing I wanted to do, I totally almost forgot is a gift to your audience. So if you're listening and you're like, Hey, I just want to connect with her in something simple. We will also give you a code the code change makers, because this is women changing the world <laughs> change makers will get you a discount on your first guided breathwork session. So that's another thing that you can look for in the show notes. 
Amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. It's so generous. We'll definitely include a link for that in the notes too. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Liz. This has been fantastic. I'm so glad that we could drink a cup of joy together. (laughs) Yes, of course. My pleasure. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Women Changing the World podcast. Please rate and review the Women Changing the World podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe for future episodes. You can find me on Instagram at lizlas.best, B-E-S-T, or by searching my name on LinkedIn. You can also sign up for my three-day personal branding challenge, which is totally free, by visiting my website, which is Elizabeth with an S, E-L-I-S-A-B-E-T-H, best, B-E-S-T, dot com slash personal branding challenge. See you in the next episode.